Planning for your financial future is a lot like solving a puzzle. Sometimes it's simple, like a jigsaw puzzle. You have all the pieces and you just need to find out how they all fit together to reveal the solution. But sometimes planning for retirement is more like a crossword puzzle. You don't even know the answers to some of the clues, let alone how they all fit together. Like how much can I expect to get from Social Security? How much income do I need in retirement? Or how much risk is appropriate? That's why certified financial planner Dan Capril is here to host Solving the Financial Puzzle. On today's show, we want you to learn more about finding the right answers to your financial questions and how those answers can fit together to bring you more peace of mind. So get ready. Solving the Financial Puzzle starts now. Thanks for joining us this week on Solving the Financial Puzzle. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Dan Capril, your local wealth coach right here in Cincinnati and Dayton, with offices throughout the area in both Cincinnati and Dayton and Beaver Creek area, as well as in northern Kentucky. Uh, Dan is the president of Matson and Capril and a certified financial planner. You can look him up by going online to quizdan.com or by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN. Dan's the author of the book, Retirement Survival. Thanks for being here this week, Dan. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Walt. How you been? Doing very well, and I uh, can't wait to chat with you again this week. So Absolutely. much to talk about uh, yes, as yes. we near the end of the year. Lots of great topics to go over. One of them, procrastination, of course, mm-hmm. because especially this time of year, we have so much on our plate, we tend to start pushing important things off. And Oh, yeah, and we it's, it's like we think that... The, Christmas and Thanksgiving and Hanukkah are like five weeks long. Right. You know? And they, and they trump everything else <laughs> oh in terms of priority. It's this mental thing after the holidays. And I'm always thinking, well, wait, wait, you know, most people work at least a couple days during Thanksgiving <laughs> week. I think Christmas this year is on a weekend. Does everyone you know? have the entire month of December off nowadays? That's what I it seems like I, sometimes. I don't know. I mean, even those of the Jewish faith, they go to work on Hanukkah. So I, I, I don't get it. But uh, I hear it all the time. You know, it's like after the first I'm like, well, why? You know, do it now. And especially with, with December 31st deadlines, and we'll talk more of that later today when we get into tax planning. But yeah, try try your hardest not to get caught up into this. Oh, we'll do it in January. It, it's not going to get better. You know, it, it's better if you deal with issues today, not two months from now. So we'll talk about some of the complications that come along with procrastinating your financial planning. Of course, Dan mentioned we'll talk taxes and tails from the tax side a little later on in today's show. We'll go over some financial rules as well, but this is the interesting part. Are they really rules that you should follow? Yeah, absolutely. All that coming up on today's show. But first, let's jump into some questions we have from listeners. These are folks who go to quizdan.com and send us questions each and every week. Uh, David in Blue Ash has a question. He says, it seems that I have very limited investment options in my 401k. Am I missing something, or does my company just have a bad plan? Well, as usual, I always say great question because we, we do. We get great questions on this show. Um, first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, David, my general philosophy is that there's no such thing as a bad 401k plan. And the reason for that is because you're able to put money in and Uncle Sam can't tax it until later in life when you pull the money out. So just the fact that you're able to deduct it from your income taxes, let it grow, and essentially be able to invest Uncle Sam's money for largely your benefit makes a 401k plan a good plan. Now, there are some plans that do have more options than others. Um, it wasn't that long ago, I remember advising people who only had one stock option in their entire plan. Everything else was fixed income, and the stock option was the company stock plan. So that 
really a horrible diversification. The, the employees didn't complain a lot because the company was doing very well, but that company stock went from $65 to $8 in, in 2008. So um, it is important to have good options on there. Usually, um, there, most plans do have enough to where you can at least make some type of distinction between fixed income, large company stocks, small company stocks, international. The best plans, in my opinion, are the ones who have index funds. Be careful with these target date funds that most company plans seem to push. Uh, the diversification that they, that they put on there, in many cases, is not nearly as efficient as it should be. What I mean by that is that for the risk you're taking, you're not getting necessarily the reward that you should be getting. They're better than nothing because they do force diversification. But all in all, this goes to why when you're done working for that company, in my opinion, it's very important that you consider rolling that money out to your own IRA. Because when it's in your own IRA, you can put the money in anything you want. You're not limited to just what the company options are. We talk a lot in this show about the problems with stock picking and market timing, which is inherent in most mutual funds. Well, if you can roll it out to your own IRA, you're not going to have those problems. So, you know, it's very likely that your company plan could be more diverse. And I would recommend that you bring that up to your to management. If you're over 60, even though you're still working, there's a good chance you could still roll that money out even while you're working. Otherwise, you do have to keep the money in the plan. Some plans do allow for what we call an in-service rollout. Let you know your voice be known about that. But on the other hand, you know, just understand that when you leave, that's a good reason to roll it out. And that's a very good question that you ask, David. And we thank you for writing it to us again. Quizdan.com, the place to go for great learning resources and also to ask your questions. Let's hop over to Loveland and get a question from Jake. Jake says, how do I know if my broker is making recommendations to buy or sell to actually help me or just so he makes a commission. Give us a peek um, behind the curtain, Dan. Jake's sounding a little cynical. I like that. <laughs> well, that's first right up of your all, alley. Yeah, exactly. Uh, first of all, understand that um, brokers can be motivated to be compensated by a number of ways. Commissions, there are some that do get paid commissions, there are others that just charge a fee. So if you're dealing with somebody who's fee based, whereby whether you trade or not, it doesn't matter, their, their, their compensation doesn't change, your cost doesn't change. Well, that would at least give you some indication that he's making recommendations for your benefit because he only makes more money if you make more money. If he's getting a percentage of the overall portfolio, he obviously would never want it to go down in value. But again, as I've talked about many times on this show, trading usually hurts investors unless it's to rebalance the portfolio. The idea behind trading usually is that we're going to buy something that we're pretty confident is going to go up in the future, in the short-term future. The problem is we don't know that. Most efforts to beat market averages, to selectively stock pick, fail. And they fail for two reasons. One, there is cost involved with trading. And secondly, you don't have the crystal ball. So we, when we kind of limit our options to maybe 50 or 75 stocks, we really have no idea if those are the right ones to own, because everything we know about any stock, it's already factored into the price. It's what we don't know that's going to move that stock price. So when someone says, you know, my, my broker's telling me I should buy more of this and less of that, I get a little concerned because I want to know what, what does the broker know that nobody else knows. Now, if he does have information nobody has, it's probably illegal for him to act upon it. 
if he's just basing on what his research department's telling him, well, I got news for you. Everyone's got that same research department. So it's already been factored into the current price. It's, it's what we don't know that's going to move it. Um, the discussion that you should have with every broker, with every financial advisor that anyone is ever going to work with is ask them, what is your worldview? Do you believe that free markets work? And what I mean by that is, do you believe that the current price is a good estimate of the, of the intrinsic value of the stock? Do you believe that what something is currently selling for is really its value? Give you a great example. If I was to list my house today for, say, $400,000, but the most anybody is willing to pay me is $350,000, well, what's my house worth? It's worth three fifty. Mm-hmm. Until someone's willing to give me four, it's it's worth three fifty. Well, it's the same with stocks. If you're telling me that the whole world has decided that XYZ Corporation should be trading at twenty five dollars a share, and you're trying to tell me it's underpriced, how do you know that? You're speculating, and we don't like to speculate. So what I want is somebody who says, no, no, no. Look, the market factors all that in. What we believe in is that you have a broadly diversified portfolio. And that's why when we work with people, you know, the, the portfolio MRI that we do is so invaluable because it will show you that. It will show you that if the activities in your portfolio, the excessive trading, or if there's market timing going on, if those things are going to hurt you. Um, this MRI is done using a lot of mathematical models. It's not based on the sale of some product or anything like that. It's information that you can then take back to your broker if you should decide to do that and show him. And often it'll give him information he didn't even know about too often, which is unfortunately the case. So, you know, if you're finding yourself in that situation or, you know, you have um, some concern about the 401k options that you have and are you properly, you know, diversified, you know, take advantage of the opportunity we give our listeners. Come on in, sit down, complimentary consultation. I'll get an understanding about what your situation is. And if we think we can help you, if we think we have tools that will help you to find this stuff out, not try to sell you some products, but to help you go deep down into your personal financial situation, stress test your strategy, if you will, and help take you to a higher level. If that's what you're looking for, I'm very confident we can provide that to you. So take advantage of that, um, listeners out there. This is a unique service that we provide that's going to help you to answer the question, is my advisor really acting in my best interest? Here's the number that you need to call to get in touch with Dan Capril and set up a time to meet and come in and talk with the team in Cincinnati or in Dayton. uh, Whatever is convenient for you, there's an office nearby. You just need to call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That is 844-784-9326. That's 844-784-9326. You can also go to quizdan.com for some fantastic information. Uh, Take some courses online. uh, Find out about upcoming opportunities to get in touch with the team at Matson and Capril right here in the area. Again, that's quizdan.com. Also, where you can ask your questions to get featured on the show if you'd like. But the best way to get in touch is to call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. And the initial meeting with Dan is complimentary when you call the show. But don't procrastinate. And that's what we're talking about coming up next right here on Solving the Financial Puzzle, Procrastination and How It Can Affect Your Financial Plan. Puzzles go by a lot of names. There are jigsaw puzzles, crosswords, brain teasers, brain bashers, brain twisters, brain knitters, knotters, and bogglers. You get the idea. It's kind of like financial planners and advisors. 
A lot of people call themselves a financial advisor, but there are often a lot of differences between these people. Some only sell insurance, some are RIAs, some can't sell stocks, some are RFCs, the list goes on and on. It can be difficult to know who's really a financial planner. Who really is going to make decisions in your best interest rather than just what's suitable for you? That's why it's important that you know Dan Capril is a certified financial planner, or CFP for short. CFPs make a career-long commitment to meet the ever-changing needs of their clients. That's the kind of person you want to work with when planning for retirement. So forget all those other riddlers in the financial world and work with the best. Contact Dan Capril at 844-784-9326. That's 844-784-9326. Call 844-QUIZ-DAN. Composer Stephen Sondheim once said, The nice thing about doing a crossword puzzle is you know there is a solution. That's exactly how you can view the financial world. You know there's a solution to the sometimes complex challenges facing you, especially when you plan for retirement. And if you need some help finding the right answers, then keep listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Capril. Thanks for joining us on Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Capril, your local wealth coach right here in Cincinnati and in Dayton as well. I'm Walter Storholt, the host of the show. Great to have you along with us today. You can meet with Dan and his team at Manson and Capril by visiting one of their offices in the area in Cincinnati, of course, also in Beaver Creek and even in northern Kentucky. Get in touch by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN or by going to quizdan.com. Dan's also the author of the book, Retirement Survival. We've talked about procrastination, Dan, being the time of the year that it is. A lot of people starting to put things off, saying, oh, well, we'll get to it in 2016. And uh, we've had Blue Cross Blue Shield commercials running here in North Carolina for years where there's this little guy that comes onto the screen when the guy's saying, insurance, well, I'll think about it. It's health insurance. Well, I'll do it. I'll do it tomorrow. And this little guy comes up on the screen and he knocks on the, on the, on the screen as if it was a window and it makes it dunk, dunk, dunk. He says, tomorrow, do it today in this little miniature voice. And so that's what I tend to think of when we start talking about procrastination. Why tomorrow, do it today? Well, here's the deal. So many people put together excuses, Dan, excuse uh-huh. after excuse after excuse for why they procrastinate. So what I want to do is look at some of the popular excuses that you probably face on a daily basis and how you help people overcome these procrastination excuses. So the first one is, I don't know where to look for information. They just don't know where to go. Obviously, if you're listening to this program, you have solved that question. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's right. That's what the purpose of this show is, though. This The purpose of this show is to give you information that most financial sources aren't going to provide you. You know, we're not going to tell you about the next great hot stock because nobody knows what that stock is. No, we're not going to tell you about the virtues of gold because, quite frankly, there aren't too many. We're not going to tell you what the market's going to do next because unless you have a crystal ball for the news of the day, you have absolutely no idea what the markets are going to do because markets are going to react to news. So this program is a big part of it. Um, so is our website, quizdan.com. Well, there's a lot of great information on there. There's courses that you can sign up online. There's also live courses when I'm around the, the Cincinnati and Dayton area uh, teaching. Um, we, have, um, we have our weekly blog that's, that's on there. And we also have a podcast, which is this show. So if you find yourself unable to uh, listen to this show on a given week. Now, why you wouldn't cancel everything to just to listen to our show, I don't know. <laughs> but if 
you know, let's just say your your daughter's getting uh, married. Okay, I can give you that one. Uh, no, but we do all of our, um, anybody who um, subscribes to our website, we will make sure that every week they will receive it. So there's some good things there too. Here's what I tell people is the information that you're looking for has to be based in academic research. You don't want to get caught up into things that are talking to you about, you know, what's going to happen next, or this is going to be the next great hot tip. Uh, the books that we give out on the show every single week are geared to that. So whether it be the investment answer or whether it be a random walk down Wall Street, all of these are based solidly in, in financial, excuse me, all of these are based solidly in academic research. The information is out there. I mean, that is just an excuse to say, I don't know where to look, but I will, for the person who is looking, it can be overwhelming because if you have just typed in the word, say, mutual funds or investing for retirement, I'm sure you'll have over 2 million hits will come up on Google. So our site, obviously, I'm a little biased. I think it was designed in a way to give people a good starting point. Other good sites I would recommend, Vanguard Funds has a, has a great site. There's also another great site called indexfunds.com. Those are some of the ones that I will generally refer people to look at. Just look for things that talk about academic research supporting the recommendations and not some speculative approach because that's usually what gets people in trouble. And so that's great advice. So that's how you overcome not knowing where to look for information. There's certainly a vast amount of it out there, uh, but sometimes you don't know which ones to look at, which ones to steer away from. And I guess that leads to point number two of procrastination. People overcome that first thing where they, they find out where to look, but then it just gets too complicated. There's just, there's just too much to go through sometimes. Yeah, it, it becomes uh, information overload. Sure. Uh, it's one of the things we call the investor's dilemma. And so the investor starting to gather information just becomes paralyzed by all the information that they have. And so they do nothing at all. It doesn't have to be complicated. In fact, done correctly, it's not complicated. I mean, the simple principles I teach people as far as when it comes to investing, you know, buy, hold and rebalance a broadly diversified portfolio that's quite simple. I'm not talking to you about only owning five stocks or 10 stocks. I'm actually talking to you about owning 14,000 stocks. Be incredibly broadly diversified. If you understand that the fact that the markets are not predictable and you get out of that predictability game, you're going to free yourself up so, so much more easily. I'll give you a great example. I was talking to an individual last week who had come to one of our seminars, and he kept talking about how complicated it had been for him because he was betting on this stock and he was betting on that stock. And I kept using the word bet. And I said to him, I go, you realize you're using the word bet like gamble, right? And he admitted that's exactly what he was doing. And I said, well, of course it's complicated. I said, you go down to the Horseshoe Casino and try to figure out how to beat the house. You know, you can't. The odds are rigged against you. If you're going to try to predict the future, the odds are rigged against you. But good retirement planning uses solid principles that, that are based on, on theory and application that has been tested over time. That's why when we give a financial plan to a client, it's not 1,000 pages. It might be 50 pages, if that. Sometimes I feel bad. I feel like, you know, maybe I should put a little bit more. But the reality is that it's a very simple process done correctly. Um, somebody who's a good advisor is going to show you that, and they're going to educate you in a way that makes it sound a lot less complicated. In fact, one of the, the greatest compliments anyone can ever give me, and, and I'm proud to say I get it often, is that I do make the complex sound um, easy, sound logical, sound um, much more easy to comprehend. You know why? Because it's not that complicated. It's only when we try to make it more complicated because we're trying to rig the system in our favor by predicting. Well, that's where it can get confusing. 
But beyond that, no, the principles are pretty solid. Buy, hold, a diversified portfolio, rebalance when you need to. Find ways to lower your taxes using the tax code. And then also make sure you're protecting that which you already have for good insurance. And when it comes to pulling out money for your retirement, doing it in a way that ensures you're not going to run out of money in your lifetime. Those steps do not require a tremendous amount of complexity. What about people who procrastinate? And the reason is because they just want someone to tell them what to do, but then they don't really know how to find that right advice giver. Yeah, well, first of all, that, that, that's kind of a dangerous trap to fall into sure. because that's how people get taken advantage of. I mean, almost all of Bernie Madoff's victims were people just like that. They trusted him so much because of his name and who he was that they didn't bother to get involved in what he was doing. So while I don't expect any client of ours to be experts, I kind of equate it to the way it is with me, the relationship I have with my car. I'm not a handy person at all. I, I don't know how to fix cars or anything like that. But I do understand certain things about the car. I do understand when it's performing properly. I do understand the role that I have to play in maintaining its its performance over time. And I understand when there's something that needs to be um, adjusted, I know where to go. Uh, and that's the type of thing that needs to happen uh, when it comes to your personal finance. You have you owe it to yourself to make sure that at least you understand your strategy. If you can't explain your strategy to somebody else, you're probably in the wrong strategy. If for any other reason, strategies shouldn't be overly complex. Um, but whoever you're working with should take the time to make sure that you understand it. But, you know, we've had people where it overwhelmed them so much until we sat down and actually showed them just how simple the process was. And when that happens, then this huge burden just comes off their shoulders. You can just see the relief. So they realize, oh, my gosh, you mean I don't have to watch all these programs or I don't have to listen to Jim Cramer or I don't have to, you know, wonder what, what my neighbor's doing or the guy down in the, in the office is doing? No, there's no crystal ball. So once you accept the reality, there, it's like I to tell parents when I coach kids sports. I used to say that the moment you accept the reality that your child is probably not going to play in the NBA, you're going to love watching this game so much more. <laughs> <You know? laughs> as long as you're going to hold off to that dream, you're going to make your life miserable sure. and your child's life's miserable, right? So having someone tell you what to do, no. What you want, I, what you want is someone to coach you. You want someone to guide you. You want someone to show you what you're doing wrong and help you together make the right decisions. But uh, we have had people want to work with us over the years that I have not taken on because they they were not willing to put in the time that I needed them to put in to do it right. Again, it's kind of like if a, if a coach, if you were going to a, to a great golf coach and you wanted to improve your game, but you said to him, look, I'm not willing to practice. It's just the time that we have here. you got to make me a scratch golfer. Well, unless he just wants your money, he's going to send you away. Because he's like, look, my reputation's too important. If you're not going to put in the time, I know you're going to fail. And that's kind of the way it works here. The difference is uh, the time that it takes to become a professional golfer doesn't necessarily equal the time it takes to get a good plan in place. No, but you got to be willing to put in your effort, right. too. You're part of it, too. And if that's something as simple as listening to the, to the podcast or attending a course, or at least when you're having a review meeting, taking the time to fully understand it and asking good questions, you owe it to yourself to do that. You owe it to yourself to protect yourself. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I have a great deal of confidence in what we provide our clients and I do want them to trust us, but I also understand I need to earn that trust. 
I don't want anybody just to say, well, Dan, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. No, no, no. I don't want that. Right. I don't want that at all. I want to make sure that there's a general understanding of what we're going to do um, because, you know, everybody is different and it must be customized to you. And if I'm recommending something that's not completely in tune with your value base, particularly as it relates to risk, we need to discuss that. We need to know that. So, you know, you, you can see here how sometimes who we are as a person, uh, our emotions can get in the way. Procrastination clearly is a, is a big part of our psyche. Um, we tend to use it when there's things we don't want to do. I know in my case, it's putting out the garbage. I always tell my wife, <laughs> I'll do it first thing in the morning so I don't have to do it the night before. And there's a 50% chance I will forget to do it first thing in the morning. So it's a natural type thing. The great thing is, is our job is to get you over that procrastination. You know, just by seeing us, that's a major step. But then what I do is I make sure that the things that need to be done get done. So, you know, if you're a listener to this program regularly, you know, you know that I, I've encouraged many to come in, and many of you have. Sit down. Let's get a clear understanding about what your situation is. So often you don't even know what your situation is. We'll show you that. Don't procrastinate this, you know, this offer. Don't procrastinate it right now. If you're in your car, just pull over. Dial the number, and we'll get you in, and we'll start this process. It doesn't mean that it's all going to get solved in, in the next two weeks, but it's a process. You know, if you want to at least procrastinate the first appointment until after January 1, fine. Don't procrastinate the phone call because you're just going to forget about it. And another year is going to go by. Another tax year is going to go by. Your, your chances for doing poorly are just going to continue to increase Let's get over this. Now, there's other areas of life, too, maybe we need to address, like our health and those other things. But finance is a big, big part of it. In fact, if you can clear up your financial situation or you give yourself a comfortable vision going forward, you'll be amazed how those other parts of your life will also improve. So let's get over the procrastination. Let me help you do it now. Here's what you need to do. You need to call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That is 844-QUIZ-DAN or 844 784 9326. That's 844 784 9326. I'll give it to you a few more times. That's to get in touch with Dan Capril, your local wealth coach right here in Cincinnati and Dayton, with offices in Cincy, Beaver Creek, Northern Kentucky. He's the president of Matson and Capril and a certified financial planner as well. And he can be your local wealth coach, but you need to call now, set up that time to meet here in the near future. Go ahead and take action. Don't let this procrastination rule you. 844-QUIZ-DAN, your number to call. That is 844-784-9326. 844-784-9326. Stay right there. Financial rules. What are the ones you need to follow? What are the ones you need to ignore? We all like ignoring rules from time to time, so I think we'll be able to give you a few that you can do that in the financial world. Coming up right here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. Dan Capril is your local advisor in Cincinnati and Dayton. He's a certified financial planner and the person that you can turn to for guidance and advice in the financial world. His team has offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and Northern Kentucky. Call to schedule a complimentary review of your retirement plan by dialing 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. If you need some wealth coaching, some time to discuss how you can better prepare for retirement, then call Dan and the team at Matson and Capril at 844-QUIZ-DAN. 
That's 844-784-9326. This is Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Caprell, your local wealth coach right here in Cincinnati and in Dayton. He is your local wealth coach and the president of Matson and Caprill, where he's a certified financial planner. Dan, there are tons of financial buzzwords uh, and also rules out there that we hear about all the time. And I want to go through some of these quote-unquote rules, and I'm going to put these in, in air quotes here, uh, these rules. And I want you to explain to us what the rule says, uh, whether you think it's a relevant rule, and how you use it in your planning, if at all. So Great. first of all is, is, is really the easiest one. It's the rule of 100. What is that? Yeah, this is this is one of those I'll call a very bad rule. Um, a financial advisor came up with this about 30 years ago, and his idea was whatever uh, your age is, so let's say somebody was 50, that they should subtract their age from 50, and the difference is the amount of money they should have in stocks. So if I'm 50, I would have 50% of my money in stocks and 50% presumably in some type of fixed income instrument. If I'm 60, I should have 40% of my money in stocks and, and 60% in, um, say, fixed income. The problem with that, well, there's many problems with it, but um, it really comes down to the fact that it's not customized to you. Um, somebody who's looking to retire at 50 um, versus somebody who's re- looking to retire at 70 is going to have a completely different portfolio based on what that portfolio is being asked to do. It has nothing to do with their age. Um, so these rules of thumbs can be a little dangerous. The other problem, too, is they often ignore the realities that fixed income typically does not give us a real growth return. It generally gives us maybe enough to keep up with inflation, though right now it's not even doing that. Um, and it certainly doesn't keep up with the effects of inflation plus taxation. So equities, stocks really have been the, the one asset class that over time has given us true growth, growth over taxes, growth over inflation. The point is, is that the amount of money that you have in either of those needs to be customized to you. We buy fixed income instruments to lower our volatility. We buy stocks to give us higher rates of return. Now, if somebody was incredibly risk tolerant, you know, I, I've, I've had discussions with 80-year-olds who will tell me, oh, I want to be 100% stocks because I'm very risk tolerant. The problem with that, of course, is that if they're asking me to basically send them a check every month, sell part of their portfolio and send them a check every month, I can't afford the portfolio to be too volatile because when they have a negative year, I have to sell additional shares to give them that same check. So even though the market may come back, those extra shares, they're gone. Once they're sold, you know, they're out of there. It, it's a lot, it is more complicated than that, a lot more complicated than that. And, and what's happening now is that too often people in using this, this silly rule have found themselves being too conservative. And now as we have longevity, you know, thankfully now people live longer. Their money's being asked to do more, and they're finding themselves with the low rates that they're getting in their fixed income instruments, one or two percent. That in fact they're not keeping up with inflation and taxes, and they're going to run. They're going to have a greater chance of running out of money prematurely. So be careful with rules of thumb. It's, it's, it's like a doctor's. You know, I mean, you can read whatever you want on WebMD, but please go to your doctor, get the final interpretation from him. That's a great point. So that is the rule of 100. Maybe just a starting point for the uneducated, but not something very, to... very much a starting point. But go on from there. It's, it's kind of like, again, if if I had an illness, I might go to WebMD to learn a little bit about it. But ultimately, I want to go to my doctor. Uh, what about the rule of 72? OK, this one is a good rule because it's based on on solid math. So the rule of 72 states that whatever rate of return you think you're going to get over time, 
that's the number of years it's going to take for your money to double. So for example, if I got a 7% rate of return going forward, 7 to 72 is roughly 10. The quotient roughly 10 means that that's going to take me roughly 10 years for my money to double. So it is a it is a helpful rule. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to get 7% every year unless I'm in something that for whatever reason could give it to me. It could be 2, 3%. But just understand that that, that mathematical principle works simply because the interest starts to compound on itself. Now, where this rule is really helpful is when you look at it in terms of inflation. So, for example, if I got if I had 4% inflation going forward, and one of the things I tell people is you can certainly go ahead and forecast inflation rates because if you pick a high enough inflation rate, if you're wrong, you'll end up having more money in the future, not less. Because if you're wrong, you set it high enough, it's likely to come in below. So let's just say I, I go with 4%. And I don't know, inflation could be 5 or 6 but let's just say it's 4%. That means that prices are going to double in 18 years. So whatever I'm buying today for my money, I'm going to need double that amount of money in 18 years. And that's a very important thing to understand. You know, the amount of money that we need for retirement is a moving number. It starts off at current prices and then constantly needs to be adjusted. So this is a useful rule of thumb, but just like all of them, it usually comes down to uh, reassessing every single year in the process. Don't just put your strategy together and stick it in a drawer. When we work with people, every six months, we're bringing them in. We're, we're getting a feel for, did you stick to the plan so far? Did you stick to the spending plan that we talked about? Um, making sure that they're not getting too emotional just because the last two quarters have been down. Very few investment strategies look like they're working in the short run. It's when we step back that we start to see them. So this is a helpful rule simply because it is based on, on a solid mathematical principle. Divide, you know, whatever rate of return you're getting, divide it into 72. That's the number of years. If you got it in the future, it would be for your money to double. But just understand this. Just because you got 7 or 8 or 9% this year, that has absolutely no bearing on what you're going to get in the future. Inflation, same thing, but inflation isn't quite as volatile. So I tend to use this rule more for inflation than I really do for uh, investment returns. Yeah, it can, it can work both ways, another way to look at it. Yes, it can, definitely can. What about the rule of 11? The rule of 11, yeah, <laughs> this is a good one. Um, you know, there's that TV show, you know, Do You Think You're Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Right, I think it's right. called. Well, the rule of 11 simply says if you can't explain what you're doing to an 11-year-old to where an 11-year-old can understand it, well, you probably don't understand it yourself. And chances are that the strategy that you're in is, is too complex. And if it's too complex, in my opinion, there's a great chance there's something wrong with it. Now, the exception to that would be certain legal uh, strategies or certain tax strategies sure. largely because those laws are complex. But when it comes down to things like your spending strategy, your investment strategy, even your insurance strategy, those should be pretty simple. And if you can't explain it to, to an 11-year-old, um, I wonder if you really understand it. Um, again, when I said earlier, one of the best compliments I ever got is that I do make what people perceive as being the complex um, sound simple, sound understandable. And of course, my point to them is, well, I do understand what I'm sharing with you. But it's really not that complicated to begin with. So just be mindful of that. If you're walking out of the office of your advisor and you're more confused than when you walked in, that, that's a problem there. You need to have somebody who's willing to really explain it to you in ways that you're clear with and, and more importantly, that you agree with. If you get so confused, you may find yourself agreeing to strategies that you don't want, that they're not appropriate for you. 
You're listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Capril, walking you some of these different financial rules that you might need to follow or that you might need to ignore or at least steer away from. Uh, A little bit of both sides of that equation for sure so far on the show. What about, Dan, the rule of five? What's that one? Another dangerous rule. The idea here is that we're going to have a bear market that stocks are going to drop in value roughly every five years. There is absolutely nothing predictable about market performance. Things happen randomly. There may seem to be a trend. For example, if I started flipping coins, um, you might think that, you know, a quarter, heads or tails, that, you know, it should be flip-flopping from heads and tails every single time. It's not true. Uh, Try it. You know, if you flip the coin 20 times, don't be surprised if at one point you got a string of seven or eight going. Now, the thought process is if I got six or seven or eight heads in a row, that it's very likely the next flip is going to be a tail. No, that's not true at all. I was just reading the other day that over the last 25 games, the New England Patriots have won the coin toss 19 out of 25 times. Now, if you know the history of the Patriots, yeah. Oh, the odds are incredibly low. It's like 0.19. It's very low. And if you know the history of the Patriots, who have a tendency to push the rules a little bit, now there's a new conspiracy. Oh this is Coingate. <laughs> Maybe they figured out a way to rig the coin flip. But no, it's just it's randomness. And when randomness occurs, sometimes we, 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 we try to find trends. That's the way our brain works. Here's what I would tell people, is that there's always going to be bad economic news. You're never going to know when it happens. It's going to happen. But as long as we live in a primarily capitalistic system, Good news will tend to outperform bad. Now, the thing about good news is good news to most of us is the absence of bad news. So it's nothing that you can really talk about. It's just that something horrific didn't happen. Therefore, it was good news. That's why newspapers only print bad news. Uh, it's hard to print good news. Um, but uh, so if you can accept the premise that it's going to happen, but I also think you need to accept the logical premise that it's not permanent. I mean, imagine if, you know, I talk about time machines a lot. So imagine we get in Marty McFly's DeLorean. And we go back in time and we meet your grandparents or we meet your great grandparents just before they start having children. And we tell them all the bad news that's going to occur in the 1900s. I bet we could convince them that life today would be health. There probably wouldn't even be life on Earth. However, what do we know? We know that despite a couple of world wars, Cold War, conflicts all over the globe, nonstop, it seems like. You know, national debt, uh, presidential assassination, presidential resignation, et cetera. All the issues that we've had since 1900, the life we lead today dwarfs that of the past. And that's largely because of companies and the capitalist system. There were plenty of bear markets. There were plenty of, of bull markets. They were not predictable. Only going back could you say, well, look, there seems to be a trend. But that's like looking at my coin flipping. Say, hey, the last 30 times I flipped this, I notice. That every, every third time that I do it, I, I repeat. There must be a trend there. No, well, there's only a trend in that. That's how you're describing it. But the, the good news of today has no influence on the good or bad news of next year and vice versa. So you got to be careful about these little rules because I've seen people make some really bad mistakes. They think, well, we've made money the last four years. Now i got to go into cash because there's going to be a bad year coming. No, you don't know that. Be careful about that. Yeah, and uh, as you like to say, markets uh, news is unpredictable. Therefore, and, and markets, markets react to news. Therefore, markets are unpredictable, right? Exactly. It's like the transitive properties of math. If A is greater than B, and B is greater than C, then A is greater than C. Uh, unpredictability is the name of the game. Don't try to get cute. Don't try to find a trend where one doesn't exist. And that's why when we sit down with a client, we look at the investment products that they have. We want to make sure that those products are not doing that. They're, they're not speculating or, you know, they're not 
on this. I, I, I met a portfolio manager not that long ago. And what he does is he puts clients in equities from like um, November to May and then puts them in cash the rest of the time. Makes absolutely no what? sense. But he's got some back-tested theory, you know, that works. You know, you can backtest anything you want, you know. It's only the, the, the future that, that lays it out. Now, I don't know. I, I just As soon as I heard that, I had to get up and leave. <laughs> it was like, okay. <laughs> I wanted to be polite because I was invited to come to this. It was a very nice meeting. But as soon as he started talking, I was like, oh, Lord, you know, there's another gimmick that's going on. So Line in the your... sand and it has been crossed. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, especially if you're having trouble explaining your strategy to, to your grandchild or one of your kids and, and you don't feel you, 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 you can do that and you don't think that the people you're working with um, can help you do that, let us help you. Let us show you what you're doing. I always tell people, look, if you hold the line, if you do exactly what you're doing, here's the direction you're headed. Now, if that's not ideal. Well, what are the adjustments that we need to make? I'll show you those. And then you can decide where you want to go with that. But we have the tools to show you this. And these tools are not crystal ball tools. They're not based on some research report that really is based on hunches. No, these are tried and true principles. I do have one assumption about the future, and that is over time, good news will prevail because I think history has shown us that to be the case. Um, but beyond that, we're going to get rid of a lot of the noise. We're going to get rid of a lot of the confusion. And we're going to show you how to achieve what you want to achieve. And then you're going to decide at that point how you want to go ahead and implement it. In the meantime, we're going to give you an, a holistic, unbiased opinion that legally is going to put your interests ahead of ours. And I think if you start there, you're going to be in good shape. So you know, take advantage of these opportunities we give our listeners. Come on in. Let us show you a different approach. Here's what you need to do. You need to call 844-QUIZ-DAN to get in touch. That is 844-784-9326. That's 844-784-9326. That'll put you in touch with Dan Capril and his team at Matson and Capril, serving you in Cincinnati and Dayton. 844-QUIZ-DAN. That is 844-784-9326. Dan's a certified financial planner and can be your local wealth coach here in the area with offices in Beaver Creek, Cincinnati, and Northern Kentucky. 844-QUIZ-DAN, the number to call. That's 844-784-9326. Stay right there. A lot more coming up on today's show. One of our favorite parts of the program coming up next, Tales from the Tax Side, coming up right here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. With a constantly changing financial landscape, having a written, customized plan for retirement is more important than ever. In Cincinnati and Dayton, turn to Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril. Call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326 to schedule a complimentary review of your financial situation. That's 844-784-9326. This is Solving the Financial Puzzle. Walter Storholt with you, joined by Dan Capril each and every week. He's your local wealth coach here in Cincinnati and Dayton. Let's go to Tales from the Tax Side. One of our favorite parts of the show, Dan sends me a headline each week, and I'm very intrigued by this week's headline. Uh, sometimes we laugh at Tales from the Tax Side. Sometimes we groan. Sometimes we scratch our head. Sometimes they're just weird, and I think that's the category we're getting into today, Dan. Uh, the title is, Would You Sell a Body Part for a New Car? Yes. All right, now, Dan, how does this relate to taxes? 
Okay. Well, first of all, while that may sound crazy, and I'm going to give you an example where someone's more than willing to do that, um, our listeners may not be aware, but but Walter um, does the uh, the play-by-play broadcast for the Lady Tar Heels basketball at North Carolina. And, of course, if you're a sports fan, you know that North Carolina has just had tons and tons of great athletes over the years. So, Walter, here's what I want you to do. Okay. The next time we get to close to Olympic year, all right, I want you to go to one of maybe the track and field athletes and ask them this question that does get pulled every year, which is, would you give up an index finger to win a gold medal? And you would be amazed how high that number is. So this idea of giving up body parts for things that we like. Now, saying it and actually doing it are two different things. I get that. But there's an interesting story that came about an, an individual by the name of Mark Parisi. Now, I, now Mark, Mark Parisi is a little bit of a self-promoter. But he was on this TV show called The Doctors, where he talked about how he was willing to donate a specific part of his male anatomy. And we're just going to leave it at that because we are a family show. Okay, <laughs> For a new car. It's crazy. Okay. Now, the question then becomes, well, first of all, is that even legal? And the answer is actually no. You're not allowed to sell your body parts. Um, there's a law in place, and uh, there are other parts of the world where you can do that. And you've read, I'm sure, stories where people will go to these other parts, go to the Philippines or South America, where you can do that. But in the United States, for example, if someone wants to donate a kidney, that's just it. They have to donate a kidney. Well, uh, Mark Parisi has always wanted a, a specific car, a, a Nissan 370Z. Uh, say how old I am. I remember when the hot car to own was the Mazda 280Z, and then it became the Nissan 280Z. Now we're now we're up to 370. So I can only imagine what body parts people are going to give up for the 470 or the 570 <laughs> as time goes on. Because you know it's called a serious car for a serious driver, and if you're willing to give up part of your male anatomy, you better be darn serious. So what he what he says is that he was going to sell part of his anatomy for thirty five thousand. Now again, that's illegal. First thing you need to understand though about the tax law is that even illegal activities require you pay taxes. So even if someone is a drug dealer or a bootlegger or you know running a prostitution ring, all these horrible things, that doesn't because their activity is illegal doesn't exempt them from paying taxes. A lot of listeners may know that's exactly how they got Al Capone. Uh, they couldn't get him for the bootlegging but in the murders, but because he was bringing in revenue and he wasn't reporting the revenue, he ultimately went to Alcatraz for tax evasion. Um, and it's the same thing you know, here. So first of all, if you could legally sell a body part, um, he would be required to pay taxes on it, which obviously would then minimize the amount that he would have for the new car. But Mr. Parisi actually found a clever way around this law, the, the fact that you're not allowed to sell a body part. And that is, is that he engaged in a study. And what he was willing to do is not only give up a body part, donate a body part, but actually have a prosthetic body part put in its place. And for that research study, he was going to be paid $35,000. In that case, it is legal. Because he's not selling a body part. What he's really doing is being willing to take in a prosthetic. And, of course, they can research it. And they can decide whether or not it was a good prosthetic or whatever the case might be. Now, when that happens, it's clearly taxable income to him. So he has to, once again, report it as income tax. So it's a legal event. But even, of course, if it was illegal, it wouldn't matter. The IRS wants their piece. All right. So what's the point of all this? Well, the, one of the points is that, you know, there's no getting around Uncle Sam. In fact, there's often debates, and they're harmless debates, when you get tax people around to ask themselves, are 
uh, the gifts from the tooth fairy taxable to your children. And it gets into the argument as to whether or not work was being done, and if it was, was it a gift or whatever the case might be. Here's the reality. Good planning, good tax planning, good income planning does not require the sale of a body part to be done successfully. This is obviously high desperation. What I always want to emphasize to people is that there are strategies that can be done that can be lowering your taxes, that can do a lot of good things. But sometimes when we think we're going to get around the system, that's when the law of unintended consequences comes into play. And in this case, here's an individual thinking he's going to figure out a way to, to beat the system. Well, he'll probably get his thirty-five grand if he actually goes ahead and, and does it. But just, just know that when we're donating parts, we're supposed to be doing it really out of the love of our heart. So if somebody who does donate a kidney to a stranger, you know, I, I admire that tremendously. I'll, I'll admit I don't have that part of it in me because I always worry I'm going to need that other kidney. Um, but Uncle Sam is always going to be a part of the equation. Good planning does not require that we do desperate things. And that's what we're seeing here is, you know, whether it be because he wants the money. Look, Mr. Parisi, I can help develop for you a strategy where you can raise that $35,000, not have to give up your body part to get the car that you want. And it's the same thing when it goes to taxes. Good advice is not hard to get. It's not even super expensive. It's just a matter of working someone who's going to put your best interest first, who understands the law and the principles at hand. Avoid this opportunity that people try to find to get rich quick. So when it comes to these athletes who want to win that gold medal so badly, nothing is worth your index finger. It'll prevent you from going pheasant hunting in the future. And when you're 52 <laughs> like me, that's going to be far more enjoyable than trying to run 100 meters very quickly. Okay? <laughs> so uh, help your future happiness and uh, start yes. planning. And, and especially when it comes to taxes, do tax planning. And yes. uh, you offer uh, on the website, uh, Dan, quizdan.com, great opportunities to learn more about how you can benefit from tax planning. Absolutely. In fact, we have a great course. Um, it's, it's called How to Beat the IRS Legally. And if you go to quizdan.com and click on there, what we do is we first will send you the report, how to defeat the IRS legally. And then after that, you will receive a three-part course that I teach. It's, it's all pre-recorded with downloads so that you can find out more about this. Because as I maintain it time and time again, most people are paying far more in taxes than they have to due to a lack of planning. They're, they're confusing tax filing with tax planning. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. I do blame a little bit the accounting industry because they are more geared towards the filing part of their practice and not sitting down with somebody and being proactive, especially if you're a small business owner. If you're a small business owner, I can almost guarantee you that you're paying far more in taxes than you should, or at least you're paying some taxes than you should, because most small business owners that I meet are not taking advantage of all the things out there. In fact, I have another advisor counsel me, just as I counsel others, because it's easy to miss stuff that's your own. In fact, he just found called me the other week because, you know, I found something you didn't miss. You missed. And I was like, oh, my Lord. I got mad at myself. But that's how complex the code is. But by the same token, that just shows you the proactive steps that you can take. So we have a great tool called the um, Tax Blueprint. And what I love about the Tax Blueprint is it really takes the risk of planning away from people because whatever fee we charge for the Tax Blueprint, we guarantee you twice that amount in savings in just the very first year, as provided you go ahead and implement the recommendation. So it's really done at no risk. So if you're getting sick and tired of paying more in tax than you should, if you don't feel as if you're getting the good counsel, um, I'm not talking about what form to file. I'm talking about how do I plan this coming year because a new one's about to come. We may not be able to do anything for you for 15, but we can certainly help you for 16. You know, give us a call. Go to quizdan.com. Sign up for that course. It's called How to Beat the IRS Legally. 
you'll get that report. You'll get that video course that'll come. I think you'll find it to be very informative and helpful as you go forward. Again, that is quizdan.com, quizdan.com. You can also always call 844-QUIZ-DAN with your questions as well and to get in touch. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN or 844-784-9326. Well, before we run out of time, Dan, we need to give away a book, The Best Question of the Week from quizdan.com or by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN. The Best Question of the Week gets a copy of this book. What's this week's book of the week? This book is called The Behavior Gap by Carl Richards. Now, as you, if you listen to the show, I'm often critical of other financial advisors, not Carl Richards. Carl Richards totally gets it. And Carl Richards says that there's a, there's a gap between where we want to go financially and where we are, that our actions don't always follow what we need to do. And the difference there is what he calls the behavior gap. And it's simply because we are wired to avoid pain. And because we are wired to avoid pain, very often we fail to do the things that we need to do to be successful. Because we have a desire to avoid pain, that is why we sell when prices are low and not when they are high. When they are high, we get greedy. When they're low, we panic. Um, It's because of that that we tend to um, follow generic advice rather than advice that's specific to ourselves. So this is a great book about simplifying your financial life, but also understanding the role that our psychology plays. And if we can understand that, you know, we can't avoid always being human, but a good coach is going to show you when you're not always acting in your best interest. And they'll show you to make those adjustments. Just like a good golf coach will show you mistakes you don't even realize you're making, a good financial coach will do that as well. And that's really what our wealth coaching program is all about. So whoever asked the best question of the day, I'm going to go ahead and get you a copy of this wonderful book. It's also funny, too, because he does some incredible simple drawings that, that kind of show these concepts. So I love to share with people. And um, But more importantly, start this process for yourself. Let's get over your behavior gap. Let's sit down with you. Let's help you develop a strategy for you that's holistic, that's got your best interests in place, and that simplifies your life. Again, here is the number that you need to call, 844-QUIZ-DAN. That is 844-784-9326. 844-784-9326. 844-QUIZ-DAN. That will put you in touch. Or go to quizdan.com. You can submit questions and get in touch that way also. Dan, thank you for your time today. Appreciate it as always. Have Pleasure, a good week. Walter. You do likewise, and to all of our callers, have a wonderful week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We'll talk to you again same time, same place next week, right back here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of MPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.